0: Uh, So this week we're starting a new series called Everyday Jesus, and what we want to do is look at the life of Jesus um, in the everyday for Jesus. I don't mean that we'll look at every day of Jesus' life. That'd be a really long sermon series, Um, but that we want to see some of the things um, that were ordinary for Jesus and to look at how in in the ordinary as Jesus went about his life Uh, how Jesus took advantage of opportunities for uh, the mission and to minister to other people. And the hope is that in our own lives um, we will maybe maybe come to understand the importance of the ordinary and how it is in those ordinary events of our life, the things that we normally just take for granted, that we too have uh, lots of opportunities for ministry and for mission. Uh, and, and so this afternoon as we get ready, in fact this week and next week, I'm going to be um, really just sort of laying a foundation for looking at that, for looking at the life of Jesus, his everyday life. Uh, this, this afternoon the big idea that I want us to um, talk about is that Jesus was sent and Jesus sins. Jesus was sent and Jesus Sins. And this isn't just my idea. Jesus said this to his disciples in John chapter 20, verse 21. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Jesus talking to his disciples. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Jesus was sent and Jesus' sin. So let's start with Jesus being sent. Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 5, we should have these on the screen, Um, but I I, want to start there and read these verses to you. Philippians 2, beginning in verse 5, have this mind among you, the apostle Paul is writing to the church. Paul is really affirming in these verses what the rest of the Bible teaches us about Jesus. When, when he says that Jesus was in the form of God, he is saying that Jesus was the very nature and likeness of God. Jesus was the very nature and likeness of God. That means that whatever we say about God is true of Jesus. Jesus is God. God the Father sent the Son, Jesus, to redeem His people from their sins and reconcile them to Himself. The Father sent the Son. The Son came willingly, setting aside His equality with God. He emptied Himself and took on the flesh of humanity. In fact, what Paul says there is that He was in the very nature and likeness God. That he set that aside and he took on the very nature and likeness of a servant, a bond slave. He humbled himself and he took on the flesh of humanity. He, he, He willingly set aside rather than clinging to the glory that was his as he was God, as he was in every way like God, he willingly set that aside and took on the very nature and likeness of, of humanity. And, and in that, he didn't come as a king, he came as a bond slave, a bond servant. He humbled himself and took on flesh, took on our flesh. Jesus was born a child. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to his very creation. He became obedient even to the point of death. This was, according to Scripture, God's plan before the foundation of the earth. According to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20, Jesus would come to live the life that we could not. Sin happened in the beginning. Within those first two chapters of Genesis, sin happened and it was passed on to every human after that. Jesus came to live the perfect life that we could not. He was perfect and holy, pure and righteous in every way he obeyed the Father. Jesus would die the death that we deserve because of sin, because of our sin. He took our sin upon himself even though he knew no sin. The wrath of God that should have been ours because of our sin, Jesus endured for us, right? Jesus lived the life we can't live. He died the death that we deserve because of sin, and on the third day of death, Jesus was raised from death, defeating death and sin and Satan. This was God's mission. This was God's plan before the foundation of the earth to reconcile broken and sinful humanity to himself, through Jesus. So Jesus was sent. Jesus would be born a human. Jesus would would grow up with a family and when the time was right at about the age of 30 he would begin his ministry and that's what we are gonna focus on in the weeks to come in this series, his ministry. He ate with people, he went to the temple for worship, he taught his disciples, he celebrated weddings, and he wept at funerals. Jesus was not just born a human, but he lived a very real and human life. God sent his son, Jesus, to be among us, to be with us, to do life as and with us humanity. Now, I've mentioned the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus after Jesus was raised from the dead, physically raised from the dead, he spent 40 days with his disciples and others. And as, as his time with the disciples grew closer to an end, Jesus left them with some instructions on what they should do next. And with these instructions, Jesus, the sent one, sends Jesus was sent, and Jesus sins. Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse 16. If you're a New City person, you know these verses because we talk about them often. Matthew 28, beginning in verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Verse 19, go, therefore, and make disciples. Go, therefore, and make disciples. This was their commission. These were their walking orders, right? As Jesus was preparing to leave them, the disciples had to be wondering, what do we do when you leave? Jesus wanted to make sure that they knew exactly what it was that they were supposed to do. Go, therefore, and make disciples. This is John 20, 21, that we began with. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. The command of these verses is not go like I always thought it was. The command is make disciples. Jesus is telling his disciples to continue the same mission that he started. Make more disciples. Go and tell others about me and make other disciples who, who will love and follow me. There are two parts to this commission that Jesus gives to his disciples, one, he says, go therefore and make disciples baptizing them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What that means is that, that, that they go and tell others about him, and as they follow Jesus, as they believe who he was and what he did, then they were to be baptized. And so the first part of this is, is sharing the gospel with the people around them. As you go, tell others who I am and what I have done. And then baptize those who believe. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then the second part of this. And listen, this is, this is something that's important. Because a lot of times when we talk about mission and the mission of the church, we stop at sharing the gospel with others. But I want you to understand that what Jesus is saying is that the, the mission that he gave to the disciples, the, the mission that was to continue was, was a two-part mission. It was sharing the gospel with others, and it was also teaching them to observe all that he had commanded. The disciples were to be a part of discipling new disciples, Helping them know what it meant to love and follow Jesus. So, so, what he is saying is, guys, here's what I want you to do as I am leaving you. I, I want you to, to go, as you go, tell people who I am and what I have done and help them, help them to walk with me, teach them to obey everything that I have commanded. In Acts chapter 1, in Acts chapter 1, we read what happened as Jesus then ascended to the Father, right? He, he had this meeting with them, and they're sitting around, and he tells them this. He spends some days with them, and then just as he is getting ready to ascend to the Father, his disciples are with, the, with him, and, and, and Jesus tells them then, he says, the Holy Spirit is coming. I am going to send the Holy Spirit. He will come with power, and when he does, you will be my witnesses what he's saying to them is, you will tell the world about me. You, you will tell others who I am and what I've done. You will be my witnesses, bearing witness of me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, The, the point that I'm trying to make is that all of these things, this was Jesus sending the disciples just as the Father had sent him. And the mission that they were carrying on was the mission that he had begun. The mission that really had begun before the foundations of the earth when Jesus was the plan. Same mission, seeing broken and fallen humanity redeemed from their sin and restored to the Father. Jesus was sent and Jesus sends, and listen to me, Jesus sends everyone. Everyone. Everyone, if you are a believer, everyone who is a believer is, is sent, but not everyone is sent far. Everyone is sent, but not everyone is sent far. Now learning this, learning this, changed my world. I, I know I've shared that with you guys before. I grew up thinking that missionaries were just the people who went to faraway places. And I remember growing up, I grew up in Southern Baptist churches. I remember the those missionaries that we supported who had gone to those faraway places. I remember I remember them coming back to share with us what life was like. How many of you experienced that? Yes. Do you remember the little slideshow with the clicker? Yes. I grew up thinking that's what a missionary was. And the only people who were missionaries were those people who went to faraway places, those people who had a special calling from God to go to those places. But that's not what the Great Commission is. It's not what the Great Commission is, nor is it what we see from the life of the disciples. Let me go back to the Great Commission. Matthew 28, verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Now I said this earlier, I'm saying it again. The command in this verse isn't go. The command, the only command in the verse is to make disciples. Jesus is commanding his disciples to make other disciples. Disciples. Now, what our Bibles generally translate as go is an adverbial participle, and that's exciting stuff, isn't it? It really is, because what that means is that it modifies the verb, which is make disciples. That means it, it tells us something about that verb. It tells us how it is that we are to make disciples. I believe the better translation as an adverbial participle is going, make disciples. Or as you go, make disciples. Now I know there are, you look at your Bible, it's translated different, I get that. There are people who would disagree with me on this and people who agree with me on this. But, but, but grammatically, there, there is no dispute for what this is, an adverbial participle. So I believe it is true, but there is more reason for me to believe it is true that what Jesus is saying is as you go about your life, make disciples. Another, another piece of support for this understanding is this, the Great Commission and the command of Acts to be his witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, that Great Commission was given to the 11 disciples and it was immediately passed on to the 120 who gathered with them in prayer in Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. And 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 what we see historically of those eleven disciples, what we know of their life, plus the 120 who were with them, is that not all of them went very far. Some of them did. Some of them went to faraway places. Others remained. They remained. In Jerusalem where they were because that's where they were from. Some remained in Judea and Samaria because that's where their home was, and that's where they were from. And after Pentecost, if you remember in the book of Acts at Pentecost, people from all over the world had gathered together in Jerusalem, and they were there. And and, and then when they dispersed, they went back home. They went back home to, to, to the place that they lived, to their family, to their community, And they never went any further than that. But as they went, as they went about their lives, whether they were in Jerusalem or Judea or Samaria or or the uttermost parts of the earth, as they went, they all made other disciples. As they went, as they went about their lives, As they went about their lives, they told other people about Jesus, and they gathered together. They gathered together with others who believed in Jesus, and they took these new believers in who heard who Jesus was and what he had done. They took these new believers in, and they gathered with them, and they taught one another what it meant to love and follow Jesus. They carried out the Great Commission as they went about their lives. Are you with me? Amen? So, so, grammatically, grammatically, we see that as you go was more about a way of life than it was. It, it does not exclude. Please hear me on that. Some will be called to faraway places, but all are called to be missionaries as we go about our lives. Grammatically, that is true. Historically, we see it in the lives of of those disciples and and, and that being the 11 and the 120 who gathered with them and, and the countless other disciples who came after them. And we also see it biblically, right? That we, are, we may not be called to go to faraway places, but we are all called to be missionaries. We see it biblically. Second Corinthians chapter 5, one of my favorite places. Second Corinthians chapter 5, Paul writing to the church says, beginning in verse 17, "...therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation." completely new creation. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All of this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Every one of us who have been reconciled to God in Christ have been given a new ministry. As these new creations, we are all given the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, my friends, therefore, church, therefore, those of you who are in Christ and are new creations, we are now ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, We implore you on behalf of Christ. We beg you, we beg you, lost friends and family in the world around us, be reconciled to God. 1 Peter 2.9, Peter writing to the church, he says, you, church believers, you are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. You You are now in Christ, a holy nation for his own possession that... Or so that, purpose clause, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Here is the purpose while you are here. That's what the that is there for. It's a purpose clause. You are this. You are this, this, this royal priesthood. You are this holy nation. You are God's possession so that that for the purpose of proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received Mercy. Church, listen to me. Every believer is a missionary. Every believer is a missionary, an ambassador of Christ, pleading with those around us to be reconciled to God in Christ, proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Every believer is a missionary. Some are sent to faraway places, some will never leave their hometown. All of us commissioned to make disciples and teach them to love and follow Jesus. Now the way we say that at New City is in our mission. As a church, as as family, as, as individuals, our mission is to help others live in light of the gospel. Help others live in light of the gospel, that means that means sharing the gospel with unbelievers and helping one another as believers to walk in the light of the gospel. And the rest of, of this series, we're, we're, we're gonna look at, at how Jesus went about this mission. And really, I hope it will give us a picture of what it means to be a missionary as you go about your life. I, 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 I pray that the Holy Spirit would use this in a mighty way in the life of New City Church. But for today... For today, we need to see several things. We need to see that first of all, Jesus was sent. Jesus was sent on a mission. Jesus was sent to redeem and to reconcile us sinful and broken people. Jesus came to us. He took on the flesh of humanity and he came and he he lived with us for this reason. Now listen, we're going to unpack this as we go along, but we call it the incarnation. Jesus taking on the flesh of humanity and living among us. Living among us, broken, sinful, fallen man. Dirty, rotten, stinking sinners. And and as Jesus incarnated to to, to walk among sinners, listen to me, there is no place for for a, a holy huddle. Like that can't be our, the only part of our life is a holy huddle. If we are to be missionaries like Jesus, then we engage a world that is broken, sinful, and fallen. Just as Jesus was sent, he has sent us, all of us, He sent us to continue his mission of redemption and restoration, to see others forgiven in him as we have been forgiven. We are missionaries. You are a missionary. If you are a follower of Christ, you are a missionary, like me. A a a missionary in the everyday of your life. Whether you're at home with your kids, Whether you're in a classroom, as a teacher, no matter where you are, no matter where you go, you you are a new creation in Christ, his ambassador, pleading, pleading with your own children, pleading with the people that you work with, pleading with the people around you that they too might be reconciled to God in Christ. Now, I want you to think about something with me, okay? Okay? I don't know if you're awake. I don't have my glasses on. I can't really see you that well. It's quiet. (laughs) Will you think about something with me? Yes? Yes? Thank you. I I asked a group a couple of weeks ago this same question that I'm going to ask you. If, If you were supporting a missionary to a foreign country, And when I say supporting, I mean you personally were giving money to help this missionary go to a foreign country and live in this foreign country and and do the work of a missionary. If you were supporting that missionary, I I want you to think for just a minute, what are some things that you would expect them to be doing? I'm just going to give a moment of silence so you can think about that, okay? Okay. You are giving your money to a missionary, supporting a missionary in a foreign country. What are some things, you don't have to say them, what are some things that you would expect that missionary to be doing? So I asked, I asked that group a couple of weeks ago, and, and, and they said... What they would expect of a missionary that they were supporting in a foreign country is that the missionary would, would learn the community, that they would know the needs of the community, and that they would serve to meet the needs in the community so that they not only serve like, like Jesus serves, but ultimately they would serve and, 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 and know those needs in order to build relationships and share the gospel. They, they, they would expect a missionary that they were supporting to, to be meeting people regularly and developing those relationships in all sorts of ways, again, so that they could tell people about Jesus. They would expect a missionary to be involved in the lives of people around them who don't know Jesus. Jesus. They would expect that the missionary that they were supporting to be inviting people to join them in a Bible study, especially if it was someone who had become a believer. Building relationships, meeting needs, meeting people, all of those things in order to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I said, absolutely, that is, that is exactly what we would expect of a missionary that we were supporting that they would become a part of the community, that they would know and love the people around them in such a way that they would develop relationships and be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then I said, are you doing that? Because you're the missionary. Is that what... Is that what our lives look like? Because we are missionaries. Every single one of us. There, there is no question about it. The Bible is incredibly clear. You are a missionary. I am a missionary. We, we are missionaries if we are followers of Christ. Most of us are just really bad missionaries. Amen? Now listen to me. It's okay if you are not doing real well at being a missionary. It is okay. Today is a new day. And that's the way God's grace works. It's okay if it hasn't been good for, for the next several weeks. We're going to talk about what it, what it looks like to be an everyday missionary in the, in the, in the normal rhythms of our life. We're going to look at Jesus himself who came, the greatest missionary of all, and talk about how Jesus did that. Hopefully, we can learn from Jesus what it looks like to be a missionary in the everyday. And it's okay if you're, if you're a bad missionary. I promise you. You're not alone. You're not alone. Another bit of good news as a result of the gospel, we we are not missionaries alone. We are missionaries together. We are missionaries together because, because Jesus has made us family. A family of missionary servants together. So I would leave you with this, not that you would leave here feeling condemned because I pointed out that you were a bad missionary, if that's you, but that you would be thoughtful to the question that I asked earlier, what would we expect of a missionary that we supported in a a foreign country, that you would be thoughtful, prayerful. Prayerful about your, your own life and, 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 and to think and pray about, about how you can be a better missionary. Uh, about, about, about doors that God might open for you, uh, 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 ways for you to, to look differently at the relationships that you have with the people around you. Think and pray. How can you be a better missionary? in your day-to-day. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. (laughs) For sure, thank you for your grace and mercy. You are gracious to us. You are merciful. The truth is, Lord, I, I, I I I am a worse missionary, even as a pastor, than many of the people in this room. And you are so gracious and patient with me. Thank you for the reminder that my life is more than getting ready for Sunday, more than working on a building for the sake of working on a building, more than leading. I am an ambassador for Christ. Thank you for reminding me. Holy Spirit I pray that you would remind me again and again and again of that, that 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 I am an ambassador for Christ. I pray Holy Spirit that you would remind all of our people of that. I pray that you would 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 help us today and in the days to come and as our missional communities gather in the weeks to come that this would be a topic of conversation. How can we be the people that you've called us to be better? Father, we want to see you do great and amazing things. We want to see the gospel transform the world around us, everything within our reach. So help us. In Jesus' name, amen.